Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban, and you can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can also subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us that five-star review. And we talk about judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. So, Danny, we're we're, uh, we're back in business again with another pay-per-view. Another one, another seventy bucks uh, going to the UFC, yeah, or ESPN, whoever gets it, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. This one's a good one, though. It, it honestly, top to bottom, this is a fantastic card. There, like, probably every single fight on here, I wouldn't say is necessarily like must watch, but I don't think we have any like squash matches or anything. Everything is is pretty balanced, pretty interesting. Uh, I think it was, it might have been Aaron Bronstetter who uh, pointed out that no one's odds are, are beyond minus 210 or something like that, yeah. which, is, which is, like, absurd, especially that's... for, like, this many bouts. I think this, we're at 12 bouts right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's only possible because Nate Diaz got pulled. He was probably minus 1,000 versus Edwards. Um, yeah, probably that. It's probably most... exactly that, Dan. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I know, you're uh, you're big 209. Going to change the area code around here. No, no, I don't think we will. We'll stick with what we have uh, up in North Jersey. <laughs> but you know i i actually am kind of also excited for the fact that we get a little bit of a break from uh the torrid pace of the other shows that have been going on you know pfl uh is is back on break until june uh bellator they're taking a break until next week uh when cyborg fights again that'll be interesting um but it's it's all ufc this week there's no one championship either it's it's you know as far as the major shows this is the only major show and it is a major show which is great makes it a little easier to budget my time yeah it's gonna be uh able to tune in not get burnt out yeah i mean you know i don't want to say i like watching the fights i do but man it's it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot but dan you know obviously the the headliner this weekend is michael chandler against Charles Oliveira, they're going for the, what is now the vacated lightweight title, used to belong to Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib uh, retired a while ago, but the UFC finally accepted it recently, so now they're moving on after all this time. Uh, just in general, like we don't, have to, we'll, we'll go deeper into it later. But like, do you think that this was the match to make as far as the two to put together for the title? I think so. I think Oliveira definitely deserves it. I think Poirier deserves it, but he wants the money fight in Connor, and I don't think you can put Connor Poirier as the title fight because Connor doesn't deserve the title shot. Correct. So if he's going to turn down the title because he wants the money fight, then you got to you got to have a belt uh, on someone else. The only thing that I would say is I, I feel like if you're really putting together the two most deserving guys, I, I, when I say deserving, I would mean the ones who we would take most seriously as the number one lightweight on the planet. Beyond Poye, who again, he made his choice, uh, and that's fine. He chose the money, and he should. I think it would probably have to be Gaethje has to be in there. Justin right. Gaethje, I think, should be on this one. Gaethje, wasn't there something with Gaethje, though, that he didn't? I'm unaware of it. I mean, th- look, he's coming off a loss, so I understand that. It, it definitely is a better look to put two guys coming off of a win together, but I still look at Gaethje as... If if it's not Poye, I think it's... the Realistically, uh, the match that I want... If it could be anything, it is Gaethje against Poirier. That's that's what I want for the title. It's a rematch, I believe. Um, but I think that's what we needed to crown the number one lightweight on the planet. Maybe we do get that if uh, Connor pulls out the win. 
Maybe, maybe, but that wouldn't do the same job. It would wouldn't, it? no. But I mean, maybe Gaethje's number one contender for the, or he gets the winner of this. I, I don't know. Who it's knows? A lot, I mean, lot to be filled in. There is a lot. Uh, look, the lightweight division has been a mess in the sense that there's a lot of backup and and guys who've been waiting for their shots and things because the belt has been so lightly defended over the last several years. Uh, but it also created a scenario where you almost can't go wrong with whoever you put together in there for these fights. So I like this fight. I'm happy with it. It's just if if I could do it, if I was Dana, I was Dana White and I could do whatever I wanted, I would put those guys together That and, and it would be for the title. But again, a lot of factors. I have no problem with it. Yeah, I, I'm excited Oliver gets a shot. Most definitely. Oliver, sure. most definitely. I, I would say, actually, I would rather have him in the title fight over Michael Chandler. Um, again, no offense to Chandler, I just think Oliveira really has, he's earned it in the, in the cage with this winning streak he's had. It's amazing. Maybe Bellator took this week off so they can cheer for Chandler. They most definitely are cheering for Michael Chandler so. because they're going to, uh, as Chandler actually told me himself, promoter's going to promote, they're going to use this <laughs> as fire if he wins to be able to say, Hey, great job, Michael Chandler. You're a homegrown talent. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you did obviously lose your belt in our cage to, our champion, Patricio Pitbull. So we have the best lightweight in the world. <laughs> it would create a weird scenario, wouldn't it? Like, like this is kind of unprecedented in MMA. Yeah, it's At all... least in modern MMA. I can't think of anything in the past either. Be weird. It would be weird. It'd be interesting. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to our predictions and things like that. Either. First, we've got a past judgment, and it does involve Michael Chandler. Going all the way back to Bellator, of course, because if, you know, we're going to look at a non-Bellator fight with Michael Chandler, it's... His win in January that didn't go around or going all the way back to like his second fight he fought in Strike Force. We're not doing that. It's a Bellator fight. It's a classic Bellator fight, actually, as far as classic Bellator fights go. So let's get dive into it. You ready now? I'm ready. Give give uh give the rundown. You know how it goes. Yeah, the CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three D's, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright, let's get into it. Brooks Chandler won. Yeah, so obviously, as, as you said, this is the first of, of a couple matches between these two. Uh, it was the co-headliner of Bellator 120 at Landers Center in South Haven, Mississippi. 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 On May 17, 2014. So we're going just about seven years ago, almost exactly seven years ago this weekend. Um, the headliner for this one, by the way, was Quentin Rampage Jackson against King Mo Lawal. Rampage getting the win by decision on the very first ever Bellator pay-per-view, which reportedly got about 100,000 buys. Interesting. It's not a ton of buys. Uh, it's not bad for a non-UFC uh, show. I think that's actually one of the highest non-UFC MMA pay-per-views that they've had. I think WEC might have the record, but that was kind of a UFC production anyway. Yeah. Uh, it almost doesn't really count. Um, but, you know, that 100,000 number, that kind of... When you look at it contextually in the last few years, that's not too far off of what Amanda Nunes uh, was bringing to some of her fights that she was headlining. Um, now we don't even know what the numbers are unless it's really good and ESPN decides to release them or leak them in some way. 
um, because now everything goes through ESPN and it's, mm-hmm. it's not through the cable companies anymore. So guys like Dave Meltzer, they don't get that information uh, as readily as easily. So all that zero. stuff. It should be zero. What are you saying? I'm saying the pay-per-view should be disbanded. Just get rid of it. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I hate the pay-per-view structure. It's I don't want to spend $70 every time I want to watch these fights. I, like, I would be willing to pay a um like an extra subscription fee, you know? That'd be fine. I would I would deal with that, but it is what it is. Um, Chandler coming into this, back, back to this fight. Chandler had just lost uh, a split decision to Eddie Alvarez the previous November. It cost him his lightweight title. We actually did that fight for past judgment uh, earlier this year. Yep. That was a good one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, another classic followed by a classic. This one that we're about to talk about, not quite as revered as that one that we had just talked about with the, the Chandler-Alvarez fight. Uh, that one really is, I think, probably the, the best Bellator fight ever. This is a solid one. Very solid. Um, but anyway, so Chandler, that dropped him to 12-1. and one. He's 28 years old. Uh, and this was actually supposed to be a rematch against Alvarez, but he got a concussion a week before. So in steps, Will Brooks, 27-year-old, 14-1. and one. Uh, This is now a interim title fight. Uh, and he had won the Bellator Season 9 tournament also the previous November, beating Alexander Sarnovsky. And along the way, he avenged his only career loss, a knockout from Saud Awad. This time, he won a decision. So, you know, he's he's got a, a good head of steam coming into this one. Judges for this one are Todd Anderson, Rob Hines, and Larry Ingle, and the referee, Kevin McDonald. So, two out of these four officials we've got here, we've had yeah. on the show before. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Right on. So, Dan, let's, uh, let's dive in. Round one. What is happening here, sir? Chandler, uh... Good work from the top. Gets a good takedown about half... Right away, he gets a takedown, but he doesn't really do much from there. But halfway through, he, he throws him on the ground with a good slam. Lands some uh, good ground and pound in that position. I, I thought it was pretty easy. Solid 10-9. I think so, too. There's honestly not a whole lot to really break down from this round. There's, there's. It's not that it was like low impact or, or nothing was happening. It's just, I don't know. Chandler, like, like you said, there's yeah. just not much happening. It's, it's just, just these, these things happen, and that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chandler got on top and landed some strikes. From a scoring perspective, there's not much to say. This is a 10-9 Chandler round, no matter what your scoring system is. I think it's a, I, I think that probably any single scoring system you could come up with, as long as it's based on the 10-point must, this is a 10-9. Yep. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Moving on to something hopefully a little more interesting. Is round two more interesting, Dan? Uh, not really. It's pretty much a similar round. Yeah. Another 10-9 for Chandler gets a takedown. Holds him against the cage, except he's there for a much more longer period of time. But there's no dominance. There's nothing really damaging. Just a solid 10-9. Yep. Yep. And uh, and that's what I thought. That's what all three judges thought, too. So everything's kind of chalk. 20-18 to 18 now for Chandler. Uh, it's so far not a very interesting fight. Yeah. It just seems like Chandler's kind of cruising. There was at least in, in this round, though, you did see Will Brooks, uh, you know, show a little bit more sign of life on the ground. You know, yeah, he was, he was able. Bit, yeah. He was able to kind of try and yep. you know reverse position there a little bit, mm-hmm. or take the back, and it didn't. It didn't quite hold, but he he made he corrects his mistake in the following round. Yes, he does. Let's let's get to that one. Round three. This is definitely much more interesting. Okay, he gets to take. Will Brooks gets to take down, and quickly takes the back, just like he did in round two, except this time he locks in the body triangle, preventing Chandler from just turning into him immediately. From this position, Brooks just starts smashing him. Big shots. Opens a cut over his eye, rolls into a top mount, 
just keep bombing shots. I thought these were like crazy. And when he's landing those, it felt like, you know, in the UFC game, when you get the mount and then you posture up and you're like mm-hmm. landing blows like yeah. that, it kind of looked like that because Chandler's just like taking the shots. Yeah. He wasn't controlling posture at all. He, no. was, he was getting smashed and uh, credit to him. He ends up getting up, but he is totally rocked. He, he's not the same fighter, completely diminished, eating head kicks once it's back on the ground. I mean, once it's back on the feet and I uh, thought this was an easy 10-7 for us. I think in our scoring, this is most definitely what we want in a 10-7. You you definitely got a good argument for all three Ds here. Uh, most definitely damage. I think most definitely dominance as far as grappling. And, and there's good duration, too, to, to the proceedings there. Yeah. Most definitely. I feel great about going 10-7 here. I think it would be a solid 10-8 in uh, the scoring system that judges are working with today. Uh, this was 2014. This was before uh, individuals such as Rob Hines uh, were working on clarifying the criteria, making it a little easier to say, okay, is this a 10-8 or a 10-9? Um, I wonder what he would do today. Maybe he would have gone a 10-8 uh, if he had the you know a little more of a structure today to be able to say that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is, this is definitely a 10-8 in the modern interpretation of scoring and a, definitely a 10-7 in ours. Uh, at the time, though, this was only a 10-8 on one card, and that was Todd Anderson's. So that actually tied the fight up at 28-all on his card. Rob Hines and Larry Ingle, they only went 10-9, so Chandler is still up 29-28. But on our cards, because we have the same card here, 10-7 for Brooks, it's now 28-27 Brooks. He took the lead yep. after being down two rounds. And I think rightfully so, because this is... You can't compare rounds one and two to round three. No, no. And I, I think that's what, you know, that's kind of what we were just talking about. We were talking about how kind of, not ho-hum necessarily, but it, it's kind of very straightforward, nothing very big in one way or the other uh, happening with Chandler in those first two rounds here. It's very different. This is mm-hmm. this is a case where I I would say, after if you just watched three rounds of this fight, you'd say, well, well shoot, who who is winning this fight? Oh, it's most definitely Will Brooks. No, for sure. I think he took it. So I, I like I like the way our uh, CSJ system applies to this particular round uh, in this fight. Mm-hmm. Round four, though, how does it work out for us? Are, are we kind of seeing any different here? Should, should we consider eights or sevens uh, in our system? In four, no. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Uh, 10-9 Brooks. I thought it was a close round, for at least for a little bit. Uh, Brooks landed good shots on the feet, but... Once Chandler gets on top, he's landing his ground and pound like he did round one and two. And this is a, this is a, a sticking point that I, I remember when I saw Kevin McDonald was the ref. He told us in the early rounds or round one, he'll let them stay in, in a position with not much action. And then as the fight progresses later on, he has a quicker leash to stand them up. Mm-hmm. And you, you see that this round because they get stood up and where it seems like because Chandler didn't want to pass. I'll do something so, down there. Like he was throwing strikes, but guess not enough. Yeah. I- it's it's a tough call. I, I'm sure the, you know. It really just depends on the ref. You know, maybe maybe McDonald's refing differently than you know, say even Rob Hines would have. I don't know, but um, I I don't have a big problem with the stand up here or anything. You really should be doing a little more. Yeah, and once it's on the feet, Brooks has has the edge. He's landing good strikes. Um, but they did have the action stopped for a legal knee to the head. Yeah. What did you think of that sequence? I like that no point was taken. Yeah. I, I gave Chandler props because if Chandler was getting, if say he, Chandler got smashed in round one and two like he did in round three, I still don't think he would have taken an easy way out. I think he would have still fought. Yeah, I agree. So I was happy to see that. I was happy no point was taken. I think it's such a stupid rule. Um, but yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> it's on the books, man. It is. 
But uh, but once they uh, restart it, Brooks lands a nice head kick and finishes on Chandler's back again. Yeah, so um, I mean, again, we're we're talking about just a ten nine yeah, round was, for Brooks. It's closer than it sounds. What I'm describing. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I think so. I, I think that's fair. Um, and all three judges agreed with you. This is uh, with us because this is a uh, this is definitely a ten nine Brooks round, uh, which puts Will Brooks up on Todd Anderson's card, thirty eight to thirty seven. All this does is tie the fight on the other two cards from Rob Hines and Larry Ingalls, so it's thirty eight all, which means everything comes down to the fifth round. Although before we get there, I'll point out what our scorecards would be in CSJ. That's a 38 to 36 Will Brooks. What that would mean is Michael Chandler needs a 10-8 or better to tie or win the fight. Yep, or finish. Or so, all, of course. Yeah. Uh, but by the very nature of us talking about this five-round <laughs> fight, that went to a decision. I think we all know what happens there. Uh, so round five, though, this uh this was an interesting round here. What what did you uh what did you see? This was a fun round. And early on it's it's Will Brooks again landing good strikes and he I think he gets that suplex, which they alluded to in freestyle would be worth five points in freestyle wrestling. I think I heard that right. But uh once they separate, Chandler lands some big ones. Uh from from him trying to get that desperate takedown that he spent what seemed to be like two minutes on. And these big shots, they hurt Brooks, I thought. I mean, he gets dropped and is immediately mounted. Chandler smashes him with some good big ones and then locks in an arm triangle for like the final minute of the round. The arm triangle was where things really started to change as far as my thinking of how we scored this round. I was not as certain to what degree I would give the round to Chandler. I th- thought it was still reasonably close. For this round? With just the strikes, yeah. Yeah, that's all I'm talking yeah. about. I'm, I'm, we're talking about effective striking at this point. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was reasonably close. Then they get down, and then the arm triangle. That's, again, where I th- really think it started to change, because it was a good attack. Um, not at first. I think at first, he's you know he's still kind of looking for it. It's not, you know, it's got it kind of being cooked a little bit. Well, you're saying before he passes from mount yes. to, to the side. Yes, exactly. So he's kind of just fishing for it. Then he really gets it on. And it's like, okay, this is now we're talking about something. This is a this is a good attack here. Mm-hmm. Not quite to the level where I would have pushed to a ten seven in our scoring system. I don't think it was that dominant of no. a round, but I think this is where we have our ten eight to be able to say this was a nice solid Chandler round. He really locks it up. Yeah. It's more, it's to a bigger degree, a much bigger degree than he was winning in round one or round two. Oh, by far. I, I think this is this is a 10-8 Chandler. I, 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 pretty easy Chandler round. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's a 10-8 in our system. Uh, definitely, I, I would say 10-9 if it was ABC. Yes. I still would yeah. not have gone I all agree. the way. I don't think it would be right to do that. Um, be a little little too quick trigger on that one. That'd be a stretch. So, it would be, but I think it's nonetheless it's a very solid Chandler round uh, in my eyes. So uh, that at least on our card because we have the same card all the way through every round the same. Uh, we are looking at a forty six forty six draw. Yep, and CSJ criteria that means we would have done the world of MMA justice by not having an interim champion crowned. Yay! <laughs> so I didn't even think about that. That's good. Uh, but that is not how it went down. The uh, the assigned judges that night, using an actual scoring system that you know applies to the real world, that was uh, two out of three judges. Anderson and Hines gave this one to Brooks, which is surprising to me. Uh, I am a bit surprised there, unless they saw something where maybe maybe Brooks only slipped. I thought he got rocked and dropped. 
I thought so. I, I will say I thought it was a little bit closer to a slip than a than being rocked there. I thought he got hit good. I think it was a. It looked to me like a little bit of both, maybe, and you know, harder to tell. Uh, but I think independent of that, just just the fact that there was that very solid attack on the ground to end the round, I thought that was a punctuation mark. Well, that was a punctuation for me to go ten eight. I was already I was already leaning Chandler because I thought the strikes were were stronger. No, that's fine. So, but but even you know, forget that. Like let's just. Let's just look at that. Let's let's say you had it perfectly say, even, or even just a little bit in the way of Brooks. Let's for argument's sake say that, right? Yeah, that, I think triangle. Would I help. think that that arm triangle attack at the end is it's a really good one. I think it's enough to take that round. Now, another thing to keep in mind is the fact that again we're talking about a scoring system that isn't what we're talking about right now. It's it's what it was several years ago. I I can't put myself in the shoes of judges from then. I mean, I can barely do it now because we've never been trained. We're we're amateurs who've spoken to professional judges and we educate ourselves best we can. But going back even further to ways of thinking that are that no longer apply, maybe they're valuing different things at this point. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe that Will Brooks suplex weighed heavier. It could have. I so, don't know. I mean, takedowns did get. I, my understanding is takedowns were weighed more heavily okay. back then. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I believe so. So that could be part of it. I, I do still feel like the arm triangle attack should weigh more, but I don't know. It's tough to say. Nonetheless, I think it's a little disappointing that this went down uh, as a loss for Michael Chandler because, uh, you know, if you really look at it, let's just go by ABC here. I think Chandler won three rounds. You could say it's it's a 10-8, like I've saying, in uh, in round three. But I would much rather see if you have to have someone emerge from this one victorious. I do think it's Michael Chandler. Mm, I disagree. You do? Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I thought I was I was kind of shocked that round three wasn't a, a unanimous ten eight. I think it would be today in in you know, the current ABC. Criteria. I would think so, but uh, you never know. <laughs> but really, who I don't know what it was. Is, is back Tony then. Weeks on that one? <laughs> Contrarian Tony Weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I think if you grade it on the whole, I think you're going to give it to Brooks. All right. That's fine. I can understand that. I, I think the draw really is the right score, though. I, I, think, I, like, yeah. I think either way, even in our system, in that system, it, it really ought to be a draw. And it's a little disappointing that it didn't go that way. Um, but nonetheless, it, it goes down as a loss for Michael Chandler uh, because, again, two out of three saw it for Brooks 10-9. That meant uh, Todd Anderson gave Brooks 48-46 win. Rob Hines gave it 48-47. Uh, Larry Engel was the one who saw it as a 10-9 for Chandler and thus 48-47 Chandler. Well, well yeah. If, if you're not giving any 10-8s, I, I think 49, uh, 48, 48, 47 Chandler, Chandler is I guess score. that's more or less what so, I'm kind of saying when I'm talking about yeah. like who should win. I'm not necessarily talking about the... You know, pride rules, one yeah. championship rules, so to speak. I, I'm really talking about like who won more rounds, you know? Well, yeah, Chandler. Which, which one, back two, then, one, it really two, just five. came down to winning more rounds, it seems like. It was Pretty much. very few, uh, very few, little consistency of 10 8. Yeah, I like a draw. Yeah, that's fine. I'm with you. Uh, but that was it. You know, again, what did you think of the fight overall? Fun fight. I liked it. Good one to watch. I, well, from rounds three through five. Yeah, it's it, obviously, it's kind of. <laughs> You got to build up to it. It's almost like it's like telling somebody, you know, to watch a football game. It's like, eh, start in the second half. It's like Breaking Bad. You, you know, power through the first few episodes and then, you know, you're going to love it. That's fair. That's where you're going to with you. You like Breaking Bad? I did. Okay. Do you watch uh, Better Call Saul? I 
am on season four. I haven't started yet. Oh, keep going. It's good. It gets it gets better. You know every what? Season. I turned. I there's a there's a portion in episode two of season four. Don't spoil anything. I'm not spoiling it, but some guy is. They decide to zip tie a Ziploc bag over his head, and I couldn't. I couldn't take it. Really? I was like, suff- made you claustrophobic suff- or what? Suffocation is like brutal. Like I, I I can't deal with that. It's like I had to turn it off. I had to regroup. Suffocation. And I yeah, haven't been sucks. back since. You ever you ever done jujitsu, my friend? I have. <laughs> I, I don't. To be honest, if in, when I'm in the gi and I'm stuck under someone heavy like me, someone so what? I'm trying to lose weight so I, I can go with smaller guys. Okay. But when I go somewhere my own size and I'm stuck underneath, it's like, oh my god, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> so that's why you roll with me. You like rolling with me because I'm smaller than you. Yeah. All right. That's fine. You weren't always so so, so small. That's though. true. So. That's true. When I showed up for my first. Uh, for my first class where we, we drilled together, mm-hmm. I was 207 pounds, 5'8", 207 pounds. I was, I was, I wouldn't say I was round, but I was definitely no, I way had, out of shape. I, I was still way probably overweight. had, uh, I still probably had like 25 pounds on you, but still. I, yeah, you did. Uh, I mean, do you remember how, how quickly I dropped all that weight though? By April, we're yeah. talking about like eight months, I lost like 45 pounds. Yeah, jiu is good for you. I was still eating like Domino's pizzas by the <laughs> box too. It was it was weird. If I wasn't doing that, I could have been even yeah. lower. Um, I fatty and me will never die. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's it for this one. I think now now we're just kind of gonna look forward to uh, UFC two sixty two on Saturday in Houston, right? Yep. Fans are gonna be back. It's it's you know it's happening. It is what it is. I I don't think we've heard about any super spreader type of stuff coming out of the last one in Florida, which is nice to hear. Although you know who knows, but it's I'm starting to get more comfortable with the idea of it too, which is great. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I've been ready. <laughs> well, I know you have. I mean, so look, I I want us to be normal. So if if we can get through these events without causing any sort of ripple effects that are going to hurt communities and things like that and make people sick, then then I'm all for it. And I'm excited for what we have this weekend. Because again, it is a really great card. This is a great card. So let's talk about this fight, though, though. Chandler and uh, and Oliveira, you know, we already kind of set it up as far as what we think should be. But how do you see the fight going? What do you what do you like about it? If any, I mean, I, I think Oliveira gets the back like he did in this. It seems like Chandler, when he's on the ground, his defense is automatically just give up the back. And I think that would be suicide against Oliver. Well, I wouldn't so, just base it off of this fight. This no, fight was no, seven years yeah, ago. This he was, a, this he was, was only a few ago. years into his career. This was, a, this was a long time ago. But I think Oliver is probably leaps and bounds. Better grappler. I think Chandler wants to keep it on Submission the grappler, you know, a jiu-jitsu grappler, but the but things that end the fights. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure. But so, it, if he can neutralize positions, you know. He's not neutralizing. Oh, I don't think he's going to try to. I think uh, he's just going to try and throw bombs, to be Oliveira honest. Oliveira made Tony Ferguson look silly. He did. And uh, I can't get that out of my head thinking that Michael Chandler is going to beat him. I think Oliveira is surging, and I, I don't think he's coming down anytime soon. Look, I, I love Oliveira. You know, I love the fact that not only has this this run he's been on been impressive, but it's impressive in the fact that up until that Ferguson victory, it was all finishes. And then he does what he did to Ferguson. So that was in, impressive in and of itself anyway. And let's be honest, against a normal human being, that's a finish. Probably. But Tony Ferguson isn't human. So he just had to you know, wait the 15 minutes to get his hand raised. He did. He did. Um, and yeah, my pick as far as what I think is going to happen, I, I could totally see that happening. I am starting to really believe, though, that Chandler is going to be such a force early on and it's going to be an overwhelming force. And I think he's going to be able to... Take it to Oliveira, 
and, and get, get him out early. And get him out early. I do. Wow. If he can't get him out early, I don't think it's going to be a, a very good one for Chandler. I mean, he you know he obviously isn't known to have the greatest of gas tanks. How much? How many rounds you give him to ha- that he has to do it by? I think I think we do have a motivated Chandler. I think we've got probably someone who realizes what opportunity this is and, and probably has made sure that he is in the best ability that he can do. But I'm going to say he better get it done in two or three rounds. Okay. I'll give him that much. I don't think he's going to be like a you know an Anthony Rumble Johnson six seven minutes or you know Conor McGregor kind of same deal. I think he's got more than him than that. I think he's capable of digging deep too. I don't you know Conor showed that he could do that too against Nate Diaz, mm-hmm. but I Nate took that round off. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Nate took that round off, and he had him on the ropes, and he he let him back in. Have we done that one for past judgment yet, Dave? I, I don't know if we have. We got to look but... that up, because I, I feel like we, we got to pull that out before Connor fights, right? <laughs> uh, or before Nate fights. Nate's, Nate's back in. There's so many Nate fights we can yeah. do, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I I could see a scenario where Chandler is able to even come back on and win it. But I do think it, it's... Oliveira is a finisher. I think if it goes too long... It's not going to go to the judges, but so I, I really just don't see a scenario where it goes to the judges. I, I mean, I do, but it's a very unlikely one. If I don't don't bet based on what I say, please. I don't want <laughs> I don't want it on my conscience what you do with your money. But I would say uh, take the take the under as far as uh, four and a half rounds. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it finishing it inside the distance. So, so who do you, but who do you think? I'm going you, Oliver. You're going Oliver. Oliver sub. Oliver sub. What round? Round three. Okay. I will say Michael Chandler. No, I'm changing round two. Round two. Okay. Round two. Well, I'm saying Michael Chandler round two. And I'm oh. going to say it is by, you know, Teo, TKO, one of okay. those. Doesn't matter which one. It's the same thing. So, well, I guess on Monday we'll be both eating crow because we're probably wrong. It's not going to be round two. <laughs> Whatever it's going to be, it won't be round two. <laughs> what, are the, what are the fights? Though? I mean, it's, man, there's so many fights here. There's so many to like. What's the one you yeah, most want to I see? Mean, Tony Ferguson's back in action. Always excited about him. He's on a little skid, um, and he's against a guy who's surging. So it's kind of like Benil Dariush. He, he is on fire, man. Like he he was at the point where because he hit a little skid too, mm-hmm. and and you kind of started to maybe almost ran him off a little bit, and then the guy just he's just like, no, nah, I'm gonna finish everybody now. Yeah, he's and, on- and he's been just on a tear. I, I believe he went to decision in his last fight, did he not? Who was, what was his last fight? Again? I know he got the he got the knockout and then he got um he knocked out Drakkar close. That was awesome last March, I think. Uh, real quick, look that up. What, who who what was his last fight? Because I want to say he won a decision that time. Split decision. That's what I thought. Yeah, Carlos Fajeda. Yes, and Fajeda, of course, just lost too. So uh, they're kind of on the same clock, aren't they? Same schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But he he knocked out close, and he knocked out Scott Holtzman. Yes, Holtzman as well. Another uh, another good fight there. I, I like that Dariush has worked his way back up to uh, a fight with Ferguson. Although Ferguson, you know, he's, you could say he's kind of working his he way down his too. Way down to that, you fight, know. Yeah, I I'm excited for for Tony Ferguson fight because he's always interesting. But these last few fights, he just hasn't looked the same Tony Ferguson that we're used to. And you know, I almost wonder if if maybe he's just kind of on the way down. It happens, and it's usually abrupt. And it's been a long, you know, he had a long road, a long time that he had to wait to get a, uh, a title shot of any kind, even the interim title shot that he, he got and won. Um, never did get all the way back to fighting Khabib. We obviously never got that fight, and that is sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like one of the biggest what-ifs in, in MMA. It's like, it's a fight that should have happened. Yep. It just didn't happen as much as they tried. Um, I'm going to go with Benil Dariush here. I, I actually think he's going to win. I think I win a decision. It's hard to finish Tony. Uh, yeah, I, I, 
I'm going to pick Benil, but you can't even pick a finish because it's just not going to happen. It doesn't seem right. It could certainly happen because, like you say, when these things happen, they happen quick. Yeah, I mean, the and they're not that... they're usually not very expected either. So I mean, Justin Gaethje finished him, but that's just because Herb Dean was like, okay, you've taken enough of a beating. It's not like... And, and rightfully so. Yes. Herb right. Dean did the right thing. Great stoppage, but it's not like Ferguson was out. He would have kept going. Yeah. So... Yeah, he's he's kind of a zombie. <laughs> the American zombie. Actually... Korean zombie's a different guy. Donald Cerrone and, and, and uh, Ferguson were on last night on ESPN late at night. It's yeah. Like, I guess I, I can't sleep now because I got to watch this fight because it was awesome. All right. But that was his last win, and he, he looked great. He did, but, but, I mean, who'd he beat and how has he looked? I mean, he was in that fight, though. I know. But, I understand. Anyway, I'm going with Benio decision. I think he's the bigger guy. I think he's going to grind it out. Yeah, we're, we're united there. What about you? For me, uh, I mean, of, of all the fights, I, I love Jacare, and but for me, you know, he, he's on the undercard. Mm-hmm. He's going to be fighting Andre Muniz. But for me, it's actually uh, Shane Burgos stepping back in at 145 pounds against Edson Barboza. I mean, this this is going to be a great uh, battle of strikers. Crazy. Fight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Burgos, of course, was in probably the best three-round fight last year. Yeah, Josh Emmett. The, the one against Josh yeah. Emmett. I watched that last night, actually, because I, I actually spoke to Burgos today mm-hmm. for, for a story I'm doing. So um, it, it was great watching that fight again. Um, interesting all the way through. I mean, the fact that Emmett like, blew out his knee in the first round. That, in, the first, in the first 20, 25 seconds, yep. blew out his knee, is taking leg kicks, and is tough still guy. fighting. Super tough. Yeah. The one thing, actually, uh, Burgos told me about that is is he wishes he had adjusted more to what happened the events of that he didn't he, he wasn't aware he i don't know if he necessarily was was unaware i think he just didn't adjust yeah. enough to that okay. although he was throwing kicks so i mean it sort of looked like he was doing something i think he was aware of it i okay. think he just didn't adjust I mean, but against adson barbos that's another kind of striker but it's gonna be a fun fight who do you like in it i'm gonna go burgos i'm also picking burgos and i think i'm gonna pick burgos by third round tko mm. I'm not going to go with a finish. I'm going to go Burgos decision okay. and probably fight of the night. The funny thing is, you know, Burgos, of course, is the 145er uh, that we know of. And and then Barboza, of course, only came down to 145 last year from 55. Obviously, we had a very long uh, time up there. Uh, Ige. Okay. Uh, he also won. Uh, he beat Maquan Armarcani. That was at 45 too? Yeah, okay. yeah. That was when Armor, they were talking about Armarcani. He's like, oh, I have this. I know I can beat... Uh, Barboza, I want this fight. He like requests this fight, and then he just looked completely out of his depth. That oh, was, that's right. That was yeah. like such a goofy yep. call out. Like, man, what are you doing there? Um, but Barboza, I don't know that he's necessarily bigger than Burgos. I'm not sure. I don't think he necessarily is. Burgos so. is a big 45. He pressures well too. So yeah, and that's where we've seen Barboza have the biggest problems too. Is the fact that he just gets pressured. He's he's kind of on the defensive sometimes. They crowd and crowd the kicker. Uh, and, and I think yeah. Burgos is more than capable of doing that. Yeah. Uh, Shane Burgos. Decision. Finish. Third round or TKO. May, maybe I should be called out like uh, Dom Cruz. I'm going to go Shane Burgos by split decision. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is most... You know what? It, that fight was a majority decision for sure. <laughs> One of these judges must be required to give a draw. And the other two... <laughs> What a goof. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm just going decision. I, you can't even pick. How do you pick a split decision? That's so crazy. Dominic Cruz is very knowledgeable about the in-cage happenings uh, when it comes to technique, not about judging or officiating. He has no idea. He's completely out of his depth. I'm sorry. He just is. He has his own criteria. <laughs> he does. 
It's, it seems mostly rooted in boxing. <laughs> but also the late takedown. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we mentioned, we're back in Texas. So... Texas judging is uh, is notorious, is not. It is. Well, here's the thing. Because it is, it has this reputation, I said, okay, you know what? I really want to investigate this a little more and try to understand kind of how things work in Texas. So what I was able to, to find just kind of through researching and you know, looking at documents that are available uh, on the Texas uh, regulators website is that and you can you know you can browse all the results of everything like that going back all the way to 2019. So one thing I kind of learned is that in Texas it's kind of regional based on which officials they'll use because Texas is massive. Obviously, it's, a big it's, state. it's not like they don't have uh, you know let, let's pretend it was like you know Dave Torelli in New Jersey. Like it's not a big deal for Dave Torelli to work like a show in Newark, for example, and then go all the way down to you know Atlantic City. That's not that big a deal if. Let's say, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily know which which judge is based in Texas, but let's just pretend for argument's sake that it's also Dave Torelli, who's not. But <laughs> let's say Dave Torelli is, is he lives in Houston and he works a Houston show, but then there's one in Dallas. That's a long way away. It's like several states away if it was up in the Northeast, I guess. So they tend to use the same officials regionally. So Houston has their same guys and gals that they almost always use. Dallas, same deal. Uh, San Antonio, Austin, they kind of have their same deal as well. Um, and that's that's kind of what we see here. So Houston judges are our particular group, right? That includes, uh, of late anyway, the last few years, we've seen Robert Alexander, Ivan Guzman, Robin Williams, Todd Moore, who is actually, I, I believe, a Strikeforce WEC veteran, Dan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Joe Soul is who... Uh, as we all know, took a lot of heat the last time UFC was in Houston last year. Yep. Aaron Bronstetter, just to review, he broke the story about how uh, Solis didn't disclose to the commission his ties to Trevin Giles coach Eric Williams and then judged a Giles fight, scoring the fight for Giles, somewhat controversially in the eyes of some people watching. I, I we, we should watch that fight again, I think, before we go okay. crazy about it because we we've evolved in our understanding of the criteria. Uh, since then, so I, it's it's hard to even base it on what we thought at that point. I think, um, but not saying anything nefarious happened. I'm not saying it was you know negligent as far as uh, the way Solis judged the fight, but it was completely negligent in my opinion based on that report that he didn't tell the commission of the ties. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry if you don't think they're relevant, mention them because maybe they just don't assign you to that particular fight. There were enough judges, officials working it. It wouldn't have been that big a deal, right? Absolutely not, no. So I think I think that was handled poorly. I hope if for some reason he is also staffed on this one, which I mean he very well could be, uh, I hope there's a little more um, clarity given to the commission about, about this situation. So we'll see how it goes there. Yeah, we'll see. But, you know, Houston does bring in, uh, you know, really anywhere in Texas, they bring in at least a couple traveling judges they don't they don't go as heavy as some of the other states like florida or or california or new jersey new york any of these places um so what we've seen over the last couple shows last year it was marcos rosales and chris lee a couple years back in 2017 it was sal damato and jeff mullen who mullen is now uh he's with the nevada commission so he wouldn't be judging that of course but mm -hmm. you know i think it it stands to reason that any combination of two of of marcos rosales chris lee Sal D'Amato uh, could be there, hopefully all three, because then we don't have to have a local judge staffing the title fight, which is what we had last time. Are you saying that they, that would be a guarantee, them three on the main? 
That would be nice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Texas would do. Maybe they wouldn't do that. I mean, Joe Solis did Reyes in, uh, in Jones. Right. But again, that was a situation where they only had two traveling judges. Okay. So Were they... the other two on that fight? I don't know. Excuse don't know. me? No. The, no. Um, what do you mean the other two? Yeah, yeah, both both Rosales both... and Lee were on okay. the, the Jones uh, fight as well okay. uh, with Solis. But yeah, they were two title fights that year, right? Okay, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the two local judges that they had, because I, I believe it was only Chris Lee and two local judges, or excuse me, Marcus Rosales and two local judges. I, I'd have to double check that, but one of the uh, judges was Joshua JJ Ferrar. He goes by a couple things on the uh, on the sheets that they use, right? Um, he was assigned to that one. He's only judged like a handful of fights outside the UFC, going back to the start of 2019. You know, he he works as a ref uh, a lot of the time. A lot of these guys kind of do double duty. Um, He's worked a lot of UFC shows even before that. Like he, he's got, you know, going back to, you know, I think almost 10 years on MMA decisions. We've seen a record of him. But if he's not judging these fights lately, I mean, even on the local level, like he's someone who if he's staffing this event, I would hope maybe it's as a referee uh, or at least if they're going to put him on to judge, hopefully just, you know, on the lower part of the card and mm-hmm. hopefully not the title fight. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess nothing we'll against uh, Judge Ferraro. I am not familiar with any sort of discrepancies that are are big problems involving him, but it's just the the lack of of action as far as judging, you know. I'd rather because they have more rounds and more judges or more uh, fights judged lately. Uh, someone like Robert Alexander or Ivan Guzman or, or Robin Williams. These are the guys that if if they're going to use local guys on the fights, uh, especially the top fight, I hope it's one of them. That yeah, I mean, you kind of want someone who's been in the swing of things. Yeah, for especially such a high profile fight. And it's look, it's so. been a weird year, year plus. Um, fewer events happening. I think they're starting to get a little more normalized down there, of course. But you gotta get you got your guys local. You know, the local guys need to get rounds. They need to get experience at the UFC level. That's fine. Just let the let the ones who do it most of the time. I want them on a title fight deciding it yep. because it just makes more sense. And I don't know how many people are going to be like, well, Chris Lee, da, 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 da. Chris Lee is an experienced quality judge. And if you feel like replacement level judge is better, fine. Let's see what we get. But yeah. I, I, I feel I have a lot more faith in Chris Lee. I just do. Me too. And that does it for this show. We'll be back on Monday to break down all the action from UFC 262. Hopefully, it'll be more about the action and less about the rounds. Hopefully, we, we go nice and smooth and Texas can redeem its reputation with everybody. I don't think we've ever had a unanimous uh, card. No, we haven't. It won't be this week. But we'll hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it won't be too many or at least it'll be you know a couple easy rounds, right? Yeah. All right. That's it, everybody. Take care. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Take care.